Hello, I'm Marina Johnson, and this is Tablework, a TAPS podcast series where we interview the artists and theater makers behind our productions on what it takes to get their productions from the page to the stage. This episode features Sammy Canold, a theater, film, and television director who is one of Forbes magazine's 30 Under 30 in Hollywood and entertainment. Sammy has worked on and off Broadway and at some of the world's most prestigious venues, including the Kennedy Center, Radio City Music Hall, and the Lincoln Center. And she is also a member of Stanford's graduating class of 2015. Last week, she opened Avita at ART. So Sammy, Avita has been a common thread in your artistic trajectory, first at Stanford in 2015, and then in subsequent iterations at New York City Center and at ART. Can you talk about your interest in Avita the musical and also in Eva Perón as a person? Absolutely. So uh, I first became interested in in Evita when I saw the Broadway revival when I was a teenager. Um, and I uh, became obsessed immediately. I mean, I, I, I was so knocked out by the story of this woman. And I think that part of what it was, was I, to that point, really never seen anything on stage or in another work of art that had examined uh, a woman's relationship with power and power in the sense of um, making an impact. Um, and I just thought like Avita's discussion of that element of her life was so unbelievably honest and raw and unique um, that it, it was part of what made me want to become a director because I wanted to tell stories like that one. Um, and so um it, it started this journey where I, I became very, very obsessed. I saw that production as many times as I could afford in high school. Um, and then when I got to college, um, I, uh, I, I drove everybody at Stanford nuts asking if I could direct Avita for uh, my thesis in the TAPS department and um, uh, eventually was uh, given the opportunity to do so, which was such a gift. And um uh, as part of that, I went to Argentina to do to do research for a week. Um, I got a a, a grant um, uh, while I was at Stanford to do that, and then went on to get to um, direct it professionally uh, in New York City in 2019, uh, and then now in both Boston and uh, DC this year. Wow! And how have your thoughts on mounting this musical changed and grown throughout the years? You know, um, I think it's really interesting because. Uh, Avita tells the story of Eva Peron's life from when she was 15 to when she uh, died at 33. And the times that I've directed the show, uh, I've been uh, 20, 25, and now 29. Um, and so I kind of get to see her journey from different perspectives of what age I'm at, um, which I find to be uh, really interesting. Uh, for, I mean, for me, <laughs> I don't know if it's interesting for anyone else. Um, but uh, I, I I learned different things about her, um, and uh, I I think that when my first my initial way into the piece was, um, you know, there's this lyric really early on that says there was nowhere she'd been at the age of fifteen, and I was so fixated on the fact that this girl starts her journey at the age of fifteen, and she has all these, um, you know, relationships with men at that age and gets a reputation as, a, you know, quote unquote, a slut and a whore. And I was so bothered as a teenager by the fact that a 15 year old would get that label for men who were so much older than her taking advantage of her. 
And so that was sort of my my initial way in because I was a teenager and, you know, we were in a moment where Me Too was really potent and like that conversation was very active. And now I think I sort of, I'm still very interested in that thread and that's something that we, you know, certainly explore in this current production. But in addition to that, I, I think about the show politically a lot now in a way that I don't think I thought about it as politically um, when I was a teenager. That makes sense. And I love how you're pointing at how it's resonated differently with you throughout different years. Why do you think Evita continues to resonate with audiences today? You know, it's it's amazing. It's a piece that's like so beloved around the world um, and, and has been for over 40 years. Um, and I think that First and foremost, I think is it's just the score is incredible, and um, you know a, a lot of people know the the, the greatest hits and "Don't Cry for Me, Argentina," um, but I I think it's just um, it, it's it's remarkable both you know um, musically and lyrically, um, and the and the combination of the two is something that I feel like there's a really rare synergy between them, um, but in addition to that, I just think that like her story is. Um, rags to riches it's a cautionary tale it's a um it's a you know political epic it it sort of checks a lot of boxes in terms of what people are are interested in um and you know uh it's also just like an incredible costume parade like the the the, the way this woman dressed people love to show up and see that um so um there, there's so many reasons i think that 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 people are attracted to this story that makes sense. Well, and your other works from Stanford and beyond sound incredible too, like Violet on a Moving Bus, a site-specific ragtime on Ellis Island. Um, can you share a bit with us about how a director's initial inspiration and ideas like that have taken shape for you? Absolutely. Um, and thank you. Uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, Violet actually um, came out of Stanford like uh, Avita came out of Stanford for me. Um, I mean, n- not the original Violet. The writers didn't write it at Stanford, but but my my relationship with Violet um, uh, came out of Stanford um, uh, because there was a grant um, when I was a sophomore called Redesigning Theater, uh, and the grant sort of uh, prompted people to um, to uh, create pieces of theater that were in unconventional spaces. And I really wanted to apply to the grant. I didn't know what to apply with. And I was sitting down at my desk, sort of like racking my brain, what should I apply with? And um, I saw, you know, on my desk, the the album for uh, the musical Violet, and I've always loved that show. Um, and I thought, oh, you know, this is a musical that takes place on a bus. Wouldn't it be really interesting if it was performed on an actual bus? Um, and so I applied for the grant with that idea, got the grant, got another grant um, from uh, SAI, uh, and uh, then uh, put together a project, um, you know, based on that, and did it at Stanford. And then ultimately, uh, the ART uh, picked it up and, and did it professionally uh, after I graduated as well. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a long-winded answer, but I think that in that case, it was about there being a specific um, prompt and sort of like figuring out what what that what could answer that prompt, but with other shows sometimes it's you know um, looking at an existing work that I love like you know Ragtime or or other musicals and saying okay what's a way to do this that 
says something that adds another layer to it, that adds a new dimension to it. Um, because I think that I had a mentor really early on, uh, when I had just graduated who said, um, you know, there's no, there's no reason to direct a revival if you're not going to say something new about it, because if, if you're not going to say something new, you should just do a replica of what's been done before and credit the director. Um, and, um, uh, and, and I, I really heard that. And so I, I, when I get the opportunity to, to take on a work that is beloved, um, I really think hard about what, what, what do I feel like needs to be said about this now? What can I specifically with, you know, my, whatever subsets of identity I'm bringing to the table that relate to the work, what can that, um, lend to, uh, you know, a lens on, on the piece and how can I say something that's, you know, original? Yeah, I love that. Well, and that leads me, I think, really well into the next question I wanted to ask you about directorial mentors. Um, are there mentors or inspirational figures who've influenced your approach to directing? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I was so lucky at Stanford not only to have like an incredible array of professors, but I think that, um, you know, when you're, uh, I, I, I did a lot of uh, Ramshead shows and I think it's always the, the generation above you of, of, of directors. Um, uh, I'll, I'll call out Brendan Martin, um, <laughs> um, uh, who, who, uh, show you what it means to pursue that, that kind of work. Um, and, and, um, it's directing is such an odd craft in the sense that like, you don't necessarily, um, you can't read a textbook and know how to do it. You have to, you have to watch someone else do it. Um, or, or and, or, you know, uh, just try and fail, you know, um, one of the two or both. Um, and so, um, it, it's partly that. And I think that like when I, when I graduated, I also, um, I was very lucky. I got to assist, uh, and, and be an associate director for a lot of, um, or for several directors that I, um, really admired. And, and the two, um, who I worked for the most, um, were, uh, Diane Paulus and, and Rachel Chapkin, um, both of whom are, you know, incredible, uh, Tony winning uh, female directors um, working on Broadway, working specifically in, in musical theater and um, getting to uh, learn from them and work under them, uh, you know, in a way felt like its own uh, grad school or like crash course in, in, in how, to, how to direct professionally. Definitely. And I love that you're bringing these like women directors into the conversation because you are the youngest female director to direct at the esteemed American Repertory Theater. Um, and as a female director myself, it's something I'm really interested in is what that means to you. Um, and I love that you're also gesturing towards these women that you've gotten to, to work with um, who've sort of, in some ways, I think, paved that road. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I feel very lucky to be of a generation and I'm you know curious if you feel this way as well but like where I don't I, I feel like I'm certainly aware of the fact that I'm a I'm a woman in a in a profession that is where we are currently underrepresented in a, a commercial uh sphere um certainly uh on Broadway uh female directors are underrepresented especially with you know um uh directing musicals that's not so much the case um in in the nonprofit world um I I feel uh you know representation has, has taken leaps and bounds for women in terms of, um, our, in, in the sort of regional sphere. Um, but I think that I don't feel like, um, 
I have trouble getting in rooms because of because I'm a woman. Um, whereas I feel like for the generation above me, that was true. Um, and so I feel like I'm the beneficiary, my, you know, myself and our other female directors of our generation are the beneficiary of the work of the Diane Paulus's and, um, I mean, Rachel's sort of in the generation in between, but, uh, you know, Diane Paulus, Susan Strom and Julie Taymor, like, you know, that, that generation of directors, um, who really had to fight to get into rooms. Um, and as a result, I don't have to fight. I certainly am aware of being a woman in certain, uh, you know, rooms sometimes when you're in conversations about money or conversations about, um, uh, you know, technical equipment, people will try to, uh, or certain men will try to talk to you as if you don't understand. Um, and, uh, then you could say, uh, I actually understand, but thank you. Um, but but I think it's it's sort of like um, you know th those are the only times where I really notice it. Um, it's not it's not it's not an active roadblock to having a career like I think it was for for many women, um, you know, twenty years ago. Definitely. Well, so moving to Stanford, I think to have continue this conversation about you mentioned Ramshead, and I'm curious to know what else that you're at Stanford and your experience here prepared you for your career in the arts? Uh, so much. I mean, I think that Stanford was such an incredible um, laboratory for figuring out how to be uh, a practitioner in a way that I think when I was figuring out where I wanted to, to go to school, um, there's this sort of like conservatory route where you are mostly thinking of uh, directing or performing or whatever through through a through an academic lens, and that's not to say that at Stanford it wasn't we, were, we weren't looking at things through an academic lens, but there was just so much opportunity for hands on experience um, that I feel like when I graduated and got to go out into the world, having already directed six shows at Stanford, um, where as my you know my counterparts at conservatory had spent, you know, a lot of time learning theory, learning, um, you know, doing scene work, and then they would get to do one capstone at the end of their their time in conservatory. Um, I just felt like for what I want to do specifically, which is which is direct, you know, big productions of, of, of musicals and things that are logistically complex, the best possible training was to just do it um, and like fail and try again while you're in school and the environment is safe. Um, and so in particular, you know, having a 1700 seat proscenium theater that you get to work in when you're a college student is like really unheard of. And so I, I'm so eternally grateful uh, to Stanford for so many things, but like, um, you know, principally, uh, you know, getting, getting to work in that 1700 seat theater, um, you know, working with a, turntable, working with professional designers, working with companies of 30 plus people, you know, while in school prepared me to do what I want to do in such a way where if I'd graduated without that experience, it would have been really tough to get it, um, uh, you know, in the meantime. Oh, that makes sense. The hands-on experience is so valuable. And it sounds, I mean, six productions in your time here, you really <laughs> kept busy and did, did it all. What advice would you give to your former undergraduate artist self? <laughs> um, I would say take advantage of 
uh, all the resources that Stanford uh, has to offer, um, like to the to the max, because once you get out in the real world, it's <laughs> cutthroat and hard and everything costs money. And um, <laughs> when you're in school, you, you sort of underestimate the value of what is um, at your fingertips. And I think that, you know, for me, I, I actually, I graduated a year early and um, I, I, in retrospect, um, don't think that was necessarily the right choice because um, in particular, in terms of like pra practical directing, I was able to get so much experience at Stanford that if I had gotten a year more of that, instead of being in a rush to do it professionally, I think I would have had sort of a a safer launch into the professional world because once you're in the professional world and you're making things that people have to pay to go to and you know all these things it's it's sort of um uh you're in a micro you're under a microscope and that's a lot of pressure um whereas at school you know even if people are paying to go to it there's an understanding that like you're learning and you're you're becoming an artist and and that's okay and you know regardless of what you make it's it's part of the the journey um and I wish I'd had a year more of that versus a year earlier of pressure. <laughs> oh, well. No, that makes sense. I mean, it's so wonderful to get to talk to you today. And I hope that everyone listening, especially the undergrads, can um, hear the words that you had to say and really take them to heart because you have done such amazing things um, in such a short period of time. Um, so I'm really grateful for this conversation today. Likewise, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a joy. And I, I really, you know, as we've been working on this production of Avita at ART and, and soon to be in DC, I, I, I think every day of the of the Stanford production and like where the DNA of where this came from and, and how grateful I am for that. So, um, you know, it's full circle. Definitely. Excellent. Break legs with the upcoming production. Mm -hmm.